Hey, what's up, Ecosystem? Welcome back again to ATI Auto Business. It is Friday. It is time for Cars on the Move. Now, we're starting a couple hours late because uh, we have a couple special guests today we're really excited to have. We have Scott Case from Recurrent and John Combs from Odessa. And they're not on camera yet. It's just me. Just single shot of Jay starting the show. You guys know the drill. Um, we got the live chat open. Feel free to jump in the live chat. We never know what to expect on a Friday on Cars on the Move. Also, please do leave a like. So if you're watching on demand, you go and hit that like button. If you have a comment, you can put it in the comments below. And of course, as always, if you uh, if you're not sure, you know you're lost in car shipping. Whether you're a dealer, a shipper, a carrier, uh, a consigner, you work at an auction, and you want to reach out to us about transportation or or whatever the question is. How about a trade show? You can call or text Ty, 417-483-2764. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and bring in our guests. Ty is out in the parking lot, and Scott and John are both ready. Here we go. Drum roll, please. Very excited. First time ever on ATI. Scott and John, welcome to the show. Can you see us and hear us okay? Yes, we can. Hey, yep, we got you. Thank you. All right, and Ty, you're out in the parking lot. You can see us. You can I hear can us. see you. I can, can hear you. Can, can hear you see you. and hear me, though? We can see yes. you. We can, can you hear you. see where you. I'm at? Look yeah, where I'm at. Take I'm it in away. When was the last time I was in a transport park? It's been a minute. We've been in San Diego. We've been everywhere. Conferences. This is where I love to hang out, transport parking lot. And because of our special guest, John, who's at uh, Odessa, I'm at Odessa today. Can you believe it? And there's a Carvana truck behind me. You see that? Weird. Awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. So uh, it really means a lot to have John with Odessa and Scott. It means a lot to have both you guys on the show today. We love to talk about auctions all the time because that's where, back here, this is where things can get a little messy. And this is where we need you and you need us. So I'm going to let you guys just go for it. And so I'm going to give it to Scott first, but here's the deal. Today's show, EV changes everything. Scott said that to me. Scott, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about you and why EV changes everything. Hey, uh, so my name is Scott Case, a co-founder and CEO of a company called Recurrent. And what we're doing is essentially analyzing used electric vehicle batteries to help people understand uh, what's left in them and, and how far they're going to go and how that's going to change in different weather, how it's going to go and change over time. Uh, we started the company because we realized that everybody kind of had an iPhone or a smartphone long enough to know the battery wears down over time. And same kind of thing happens with EVs as they age. It's a normal process, but there's a lot of variability in it and uh, it's not really tied to the odometer. So we just realized uh, the way that shoppers buy used electric cars is gonna be different than how they bought combustion engine cars. And that has an impact all the way upstream to auctions, to fleets, to remarketers, and just gonna be different. So this affects everybody then. That's that's the that's the, what the episode title is. EV changes everything. <laughs> All right. So before we move into the discussion, John Combs from Odessa, will you please say hello? Tell us a bit more about you. Sure, we'll do. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. We're excited to be on the show today and kind of talk a little bit about the future. I will tell you, John Combs here. I work for for Odessa. I've been in the industry for quite a while now. I I, I tell you, 
30 years, but then I, I, I'd have to tell you that I started when I was 14, right? So uh, anyway, I uh, love this industry, still very passionate about it. It's ever evolved. I think COVID has definitely uh, had a huge impact on our business, but I, uh, anymore in the last year, probably two years, I go to all the conferences for our industry. You cannot go into any of the conferences without EV being the buzzword, right? Scott and I were just on a panel in, in San Diego and looking out my window today, Scott, I miss San Diego right now, right? But, you know, we, uh, we, uh, you cannot, you literally can't go into a conference without talking EV because everyone is like, wants to know about it, wants to learn about it, wants to understand the, what's the infrastructure going to look like? How are we going to handle this? When are they going to come? All those kinds of things, guys. So uh, we're just excited to be part of it. And we're trying to make sure that we stay out in front of it and that we, we do everything we can to help our buyers, sellers, employees address this the right way. Right. So, Well, it's a really good point. Um, absolutely true. You can't go to a trade show without hearing <clears throat> EV regularly. Um, Ty was on a panel about shipping and storing EVs at Used Car Week in one of the uh, breakout rooms. So, where do we want to go? Where do you guys want to start? What how about, yeah, how, I about, mean, how about, how about, is this a problem that, uh, that's going to be big enough for people to worry about next year? You know, or is this just like, oh, it's just not all that big of a deal. Maybe we start there. I love it. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah. Well, I mean, the answer is yes. Like EV numbers are, uh, are, we're in like, you know, and when when uh, VHS sort of like videotapes or when CDs kind of came out, there's always a technology adoption curve that looks like this. So it starts really low for a long time, and then it gets like this, and then it's then it kind of it levels out the top. We are 100% in that steep part right now, and that's on the new side. And so you're seeing like every single industry forecast that for the past couple of years on how fast EV adoption is going to happen. They're all they've all been too low, and so they keep on reforecasting like, oh, actually. We actually, it's going to be higher. It's going to be higher. It's going to be higher. Which um, now that doesn't have an immediate impact on the used uh, used numbers, but there's a pretty predictable sort of uh, lag that 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 happens. And so, so uh, this year, big huge milestone for used EVs this year was the four year anniversary of the of the Tesla Model Three, which was in and of itself it nearly doubled the EV new EV sales numbers in 2018. And so all the all those cars are now flooding into the used car market. And this is now the time to start paying attention if you are anywhere involved in this market. Yeah, just also to parlay on that, what, what Scott shared is that, you know, we're, we're an auto auction company, right? So one would think that we wouldn't really wouldn't have to worry about this for three to five years, pick a number, right? At, you know, after the, you know, we sell used vehicles, but I'm here to tell you that we have a lot of clients that that are, we're helping facilitate uh, PDI, right? They're, they're cycling vehicles through our facilities. We have 50 plus facilities nationwide and we're, we're serving as a hub even to some new vehicle deliveries for some of the OEMs that have EV units. We're serving as some of the, the delivery channels for some of the rental car companies. So we, we cannot just be casually wait around until the car and thinking the car won't make it to us until, you know, the, the 36,000 mile range. We're starting to see thousands of these vehicles right now, not necessarily off, you know, specifically in the sale channel, but in different channels that we, that we are, we want to be a partner. We're not just an auction. We want to be a partner to our clients and, and be able to help facilitate, meet their needs throughout the life cycle of the product. 
I'm going to say that, and I know, Ty, I know you've got to be cold. So, if, you know, if we lose the truck background, I'm totally cool with that, by the way. No, stay no, out no. there. No, stay out there. <laughs> Pick your jacket off. Let's see. Let's see if you can handle it. Kansas City? Right, it's going to need, right, it's gonna need oh, like Oh, look at this. We'll send uh, them some I'm ski jackets. <laughs> uh, i got to stay outside. This is good. I uh, know. This gonna... is really good. I'd like to talk to a driver and see if they um, what they know about EVs. But keep going. This is good stuff. Well, I want to know. I, well, and I agree. So here's what I want to say is that. Getting ahead of it. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, you just gave good perspective on what would maybe is perceived as confusion or, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know the words here because we're in psychologyville. But you've got, you, you've given a good example of, what, of what, where EV is now on this. We're headed up this curve. And this has got to be similar to, yes, during VHS, beta, DVD, yeah, hey, adoption hey, of technologies. Oh, he's got it. Hey, buddy. So he's a special this. guest coming in so here. He's gonna grab, yeah, he's going to grab somebody and say hello. And, yeah. And this is one of the things he adds. Here we go. Let's yeah, see what he's got. Buddy. Yeah. Hey, let's show the truck real quick. I got a question for you. Do you know what EVs? EV. Yeah, electric vehicle. Electric vehicles? Uh, yeah, we do electric vehicles ever so often. You bring them here? Um, Teslas come here and stuff. Tesla comes here? Yeah. This They've is a big a auction. Of Teslas that have showed up over here. You guys are always here. Get in here so we can see your truck in the back. What's your name again? My name is David. David. And what company are you working for? We're for Andrews Towing Recovery. Andrews, that's right. And I saw you last time I was out here, right? Yeah. So that's twice. You got, yeah. You're going big time. Andrews oh, yeah. Recovery. So... Uh, you pick up cars wherever and bring them to the auction? Yeah, so this load here, I actually picked up in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, I just came from Joplin. Yeah, so I was in Joplin, um, went off of uh, a recovery place. Repo yards? Yeah, repo yards. Yeah. Pick up these two. Yeah. They're both repossessions, and they're from a um, Baker Recovery in, in Joplin. Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, this is the microphone. Okay, well, good. So you had to get up. Oh, he hit the button. And he's oh, okay. man. Yeah, and it's happened before. But he just gave a live glimpse into right the reality. Hopefully we can get reconnected. But I want to say this is then, John, you have no choice but to get as much information as possible, as soon as possible, to forecast into the future. Right? That's Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I will tell you, I mentioned the conference, right? A couple years ago, I was at a conference and heard a presentation by one of the OEMs on th their basically roadmap to EV. And it was an eye opener for us. I'm like, we, and we started, we were preparing before that. We just probably weren't aware exactly what that, what the volume and, and the magnitude that it would be. So, so with EV, yeah, yes, we are, we have EV charging capabilities so. and infrastructures at all facilities, but <laughs> we may have a different facility. It may be different in Golden Gate or Northern California than it is in maybe Kansas City, right? The capabilities or needs may be slightly different, at least for now. So yes, we're not only having to be prepared, we're under, having to understand what that specific needs is based on the region and parts of the country. So, Ty, did we get any intel on that? Does there, did he have any questions or anything about EV? Oh, um, no. I mean, yeah. we could probably find some. But. We could right, but I mean, but see, that's a, but, well. Here's what's cool. So we got this. Is what we do is we've combined real world random with the need to forecast and grow a business based on what we're 
thinking will happen. And we rely on experts like Scott, right, to give us yeah. data that we can we can use and rely on in our forecasting. Did I get any of that wrong? No, not at all. And it, you know, let's talk about also like the the other the other what's going to be different. So one of the things that's going to be different is starts far actually upstream of the auction, and that's for a fleet who uh, who is sort of like buys EVs and is buying them today. You know, Hertz put in a put in an order for a hundred thousand Model Threes and another sixty five thousand GMs and a whole bunch of others, and they're not the only one out there. Um, what's different, you know, it always used to be the case that they were resold, they remarketed at three years or 36,000 miles. That's sort of like when, when they would show up at the auction. Uh, that's not the rule of thumb that's going to be used moving forward. Um, what we have seen is is the uh, the battery basically is like, you know, 40% of the cost of these cars. And it doesn't wear down uh, according to the odometer. It it where the wear and tear on the battery is sort of a bunch of other factors: how it was charged, how it was driven, the temperatures that it was in, um, all kinds of other factors. And depending on how the how the car was used to, to from its first from like day one, um, the time to resell it, remarket is going to be different. Um, and it's not always going to be that sort of like that that calendar year or that uh, or that that odometer reading. So I think what's really important from you know for, if you're listening to this podcast, sorry YouTube, whatever this is, and you are um, a fleet owner, you need to be thinking about gathering data on the, your vehicles right from the beginning because. Uh, you're going to want to know when to sell them. First of all, you're gonna, you want to take care of the battery because that is the absolute most important part of the car from a cost perspective. You're going to want to know when to sell them. And then you're going to want to get paid a lot when you do because you kind of did the right things along the way. Yeah, Scott, that's a, that's a good point, Scott. Because we were last week, we were up in Chicago at two fleet management companies and we actually were talking with them about EV and and really kind of, parlaying our relationship with you and recurrent because we are not EV experts in, in battery health, but we, we, we are required to provide that kind of information for clients. Part of the things is for the fleet management companies, it's not only good for them, it's a tool they can sell to their customers that are managing the fleets out there so they can understand because they can tell you the life cycle of an ice engine because they've been doing it for a hundred years, right? This is relatively new and they need to understand how and when to sell their vehicles, what they're worth, how to depreciate them, things of that nature. So um, we were on your behalf, Scott, we were up selling you, pitching you a little bit, right? That uh, recurrent would be the way to go as the industry standard and uh, uh, to understand the value and the, the value of those vehicles throughout the fleet life cycle. So. Hmm. So you're saying, Scott, you're saying you can, I don't want to say, you can project the value of an EV. Is that what you're saying? So yeah, what we're doing now is, uh, so we are working with Odessa. So so just about all of the used EVs that come through Odessa's auctions have have uh, recurrent reports attached to them. And what that tells a buyer is, uh, how's the battery compared to when it was new? How far does it go? Um, all the questions that ultimately the shopper is going to want to know, the dealer, whoever's bidding on the cars at auction can see that information, and then they can turn around and communicate that to their to their uh, to their buyers. Um, and you know what we've seen in the numbers, and you know John Hammer and and uh, and the guys at Odessa went you know and 
went public with, hey, the cars, the cars that have recurrent reports are selling for thousands of dollars more and they're selling at a higher conversion rate. So uh, it, this is actually really important. We knew it from the retail perspective. And I think what's really interesting is we are now seeing it with uh, uh, at the wholesale level. So it becomes very important from uh, for a fleet owner who's uh, who's who, you know, you want to buy low and sell high. And this is the way you sell high on these cars. Well, so in my mind, what I keep thinking is I keep thinking of the Remember back in the day, John, the, um, the dealers, they would come to the auction with that little black book in their back pocket, and they would have the big one too, and they would have average, clean, and whatever in the price. Is this what we're kind of talking about? Yeah. So, you know, since, since you, I think that was the company that is now actually Black Book, and, and we actually started a partnership with them to do exactly this. So Black Book on any car... Uh, they have a base price, mileage adjustment, history adjustment, um, ah. uh, condition, you know, as you pointed out. And what yeah. we're doing now is we're adding a battery adjustment to that, uh, which ah. frankly, I think is going to be more important over time than the odometer reading and the, and the adjustment that happens based on is wow. you know, we all the time see fleet vehicles with a mm -hmm. high odometer number, but with a battery that's in great shape because they're not aging by the, the way the odometer rolls. Uh, and so right. I, think, I think that that's really important to pay attention to. So then it goes to John. So the, so somebody picks it up, whether it's a fleet, somebody says, get it to the auction. So then it, the transport guy comes, takes it, which that may have its challenges, maybe in the Midwest for guys that don't touch a lot of EVs, but we get it, finally get them here. We get them checked in. Now it becomes uh, the cold condition report stuff. Is that, is that what we're kind of also talking about, John? Yes. Yeah. CRs. We, yeah. Yeah. We, we do that. We have to, we were, we do an inspection on every vehicle that comes through our facility. Right. And that's, that's inspection protects our consigner, protects us as the auction company. And also it serves as a, as a, as a, you know, it adds, it has to be credible to the potential buyer. Right. So with, with the introduction of EVs into the marketplace, there are different nuances to that inspection that, we have to do different meaning understanding like now we have we attach first like scott shared we we include the badging showing the the basically the health of that battery on ev basically every or most every ev unit that we offer we also take pictures of any ev accessories that may go with that vehicle all those things that you may not think of that we never had to do before we do now to your point transporters can you fit as many on a truck maybe not do you have the lifts that can service these vehicles safely? Maybe not. We have to, we're, we're validating all that. And also too, unlike an ICE engine, a vehicle, you know, like the gentleman that was just dropping off a car, they're repossessions. There could be an issue, yeah. a bankruptcy or a title problem. Oh. They can sit there six months. Well, if you have, yeah. a, you can sit there six months with a quarter tank of gas and probably be okay. You cannot <laughs> with it, you know, with the EV, we have to constantly monitor the, to oh. ensure that it has a charge and we're, we're, we're taking ownership to say that we'll maintain a minimum of 20% battery life on, on every EV at, at SF facility. So in doing so, we have to obviously wow. modify our processes to make sure that we're able to deliver. And nobody wants surprises or problems, right? So we, we're, wow. we're, our objective is to stay ahead of it and uh, deliver stuff sometimes even our consigners and clients don't even know they need. So Yeah, I, was, I just learned a whole bunch. <laughs> So That's here's great. all right. I got a question. So then, batteries number one, clearly, and I want to talk more about 
that in relation to like odometer and the rest of an ice vehicle but what's number two and number three on an ev like the I, when i say that i think of what i've read if i'm if i'm right on this is that future models instead of one engine each wheel has a motor am i right about that would that be number in some two cases, or number three? depends on yeah, it depends on the on the on the car. Uh, but yeah, there's there are typically multiple motors in in each car. That's right. So then, and, and John was talking about EV accessories. What would those be? Oh, like the plug-in. Don't they have different plug-ins? Would that be an accessory? Or some of the charging Correct. stuff. Correct. The pl the plug-ins, the cables, anything that related to specific to an EV. Right. Absolutely. That that is that is important. Right. And those are okay. usually a part of the car, like either in the trunk or somewhere where somebody can get to it. Generally, that's that's, yeah. that's the idea. Yes. And if something's missing, that that could be a problem. If something's missing, it's like in on an ice engine. It it, it could it could you have to adjust the value or what a, a buyer would potentially be willing to pay for a vehicle, or you know maybe the the consigner may opt to have us source one so it would add that value back in depends on what the objective is you want to yeah. get your maintain the roi you want to keep your brand values up if you're the oem you may have different objectives so and again we just want to provide the information and be able to help depending on what the business rules and, and, and needs are so yeah so kind of <clears throat> my brain doesn't keep up with ev and this is all new so i'm learning stuff but it reminds me of going to the auction and the deal you know you bought 10, 100 cars, Ty, go get them, okay. Uh, hey, you know, phone call at 6 o'clock at night. Hey, yeah, what? Well, can you check and make sure that the floor mats are in that car, that S4 Audi? I need to make sure, you know, so there's certain things that you buy with a car that you want to make sure that are in the car. Whether that, you know, that's, so that's what you're kind of saying. I get it, okay. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me toss in a, a lower tech uh, one. So, but that it, it is, it is uh, very important for batteries, uh, sorry, for EVs. Um, generally speaking, EVs run through tires faster. So they're heavier and they have fat, oh. they have more torque than the equivalent, uh, combustion okay. engine. Car. I did not know that. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's a, you know, I mean, obviously the industry is well equipped to look at tire, uh, tread, uh, depth mm. and, and, and sort of like figure out how that, how that will impact the vehicle's value. Um, but that's something that's, you know, going to be a bigger deal, frankly. You can't just sort of like give a pass on any two-year-old car. Yeah, you know, the which, what, what Scott's saying too is, you know, there's the the service requirements for an EV is not nearly what it is on an ICE engine. I, vehicles come in. You just saw those repos, right? You could yeah. have a O2 sensor out making the engine run rough, right? So we have to evaluate that. We have to have techs to do that. Basically, Scott just mentioned it. Does it have good tires? Do the wipers work? Is the filter? How is the filter? There is not much that you need to do related ah. to a servicing of an EV. So do or disclose because there's not that you know you know you can't have a bad alternator, right? I mean, I'm just. I'm Sounds saying, like a major benefit happening right there. Yeah, right. You you the list of things that you have to be aware of as a buyer has been reduced. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's pretty interesting. Hey, let me throw in another fun fact here. Uh, so uh, did everybody here know that EVs actually have two batteries? They they all have a 12 volt battery, 
and they have a high the high voltage battery which sort of does the propulsion okay i didn't know so, that yeah okay so there yeah, you go so we're, this is an educational so, show say right? that yeah hit this again what so, is this so every every ev has both a uh the hot what's called the high voltage battery which is the one that essentially replaces the fuel tank uh stores electricity for propulsion and there's a 12 volt battery which runs you know mostly runs all the accessories um the uh there are a lot of just depends on makes and models but but evs uh early on we're still early days they are running through 12 volt batteries more quickly as well than i think we would expect um so that like figuring out not just the health of the high voltage battery which is that's the big costly item that we've been focused on but looking and making sure that the 12 volt battery is in good shape is actually it's low tech but it's it's something that happens differently from uh, from uh, from the way that, they, that those batteries age in combustion cars. Just as the curve of adoption, <laughs> we got any, I love any EVs location. on that on that truck. I, I don't, don't know, do any. we? I don't see any. No, no EVs. But no EVs. every time that just blows my mind. I had twenty of those, and every time I just am like, wow. How does that all stay together? It's so crazy. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Amen. Um, <laughs> Well, so just as the curve of adoption is headed upward, I I just catch random articles about all the battery development, uh, what do they call gigasites and all this stuff. I mean, this is a burgeoning industry. Yeah. And it must consume a lot of your time to keep up with everything? Am I? Yeah, I don't so know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think like the, you know, unlike 12 volt batteries, which there are well established standards for, like you can drop any one in any other one. Uh, there are no industry standards right now on high voltage batteries. And so, and there shouldn't be, there's so much innovation going on uh, at the, for the chemical, you know, like the materials of what's in there, the cathode and anode, which are part of the batteries, uh, cell level, pack level, it's just all over the place, charging speeds. And uh, frankly, like it, we're just sort of in this big laboratory experiment where like all of these like experiments are driving around the roads in different weather conditions. And we're all kind of seeing together what happens to the batteries over time. And every time there's a new innovation that rolls out in a new model year, or it doesn't even have to be the battery either. Like Tesla started putting heat pumps in their Model Ys last year, which really hugely changed their, their energy demands in winter um, and means they, they get better range in winter than what they used to, right? And that has an impact to the battery life overall because you're not char charging as much in cold weather. Um, the, just like this is wildly complicated and we have a whole team of battery scientists at Recurrent, that's like half the company is people keeping track of that so that we can output one simple number to the buyer, the seller, to everyone in the transaction. They don't have to have a PhD in chemical engineering to figure it all out. And the more complicated it gets for us, the sort of more value there is in us simplifying it down to like, this is what you need to know, that's a 90 or that's an 80. Hmm. Wow, that's so great. Is the is the country ready to roll out nationwide chargers? Or, I mean, I don't know. Is there, I mean, are we... <laughs> Because I see the large investments, but are we ready to buy the machines, or is there a little bit of hang on, let's buy some machines? I think this is really where where you are in the country really impacts your perception of are we ready for EVs. When you where I live in the Seattle area, you know it you can't you can't 
what's the expression? You can't swing a dead cat without hitting, can't, hitting an EV charger. Right. You're you know? swinging cats. I'm throwing rocks. You can't. Yeah. Throw whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, so, so for me, psychologically, like I know that I can't, I, I'm not going to run out of gas or sorry, electricity. Uh, cause there's a charger around the corner all the time. That's not the experience that everybody has. And, you know, um, so I think the, the charging network, not just like where they're getting built, but are they visible? Like, are they getting, are they showing up in, in places where you notice them? Like you notice the gas station all the time that sort of provides the psychological safety for people to say, yeah, like, I feel like it's, it's ready, you know, psychological safety. I see that because I have noticed chargers in places where I didn't notice them before. And it's like uh, range anxiety. Now we have psycho. Right. What was it? What did you Psych just Psychological say? safety. Oh, you guys are going to give <laughs> me it. grief about that now. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's, no, here's my here's my advice to the uh, to the uh, to the charging infrastructure you know world, which we don't really like work directly with. Like what they should be doing is putting that you never want a charger to be back behind a, you know the bar somewhere. You want it like front and center, right out front of the supermarket where people see it. It's going to be more yeah. effective in just sort of like charging in, in, right. in, in just in, in making people comfortable with it. And frankly, the reality is 80, 90 percent of charging <laughs> happens in the house, happens at home. Not much of it actually happens out on the road. So, so it, it really is more of a psychological thing than a, than a, than a reality uh, based thing. Of, makes of sense. But now I go back to John and say, what kind of what kind of investment is the auction need to make to have how many charging that's a that's a big one, isn't it? Not big isn't bad, but I mean it's something that has to be looked at, right? Yeah, that's a it's a it's an investment for sure, and uh, we 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 continue to add to that infrastructure based on the not only the demand now but the future demand, right? Now right. I will tell you, we I believe we have, and I'm I'm directionally correct here because it is a fluid fluid situation, but we have 20 or 30 chargers in Northern California at our facility there. We we have like wow. three three in maybe Kansas City, right? So it it is all based on, to Scott's point, right. you know, based on where do you need that? What do you need those that, that those resources? And one thing I believe over time, it will evolve and change. But right now we're we're focused on where we where we truly need them. And uh, um, and then also to where do we expect that we will need them? So yeah, I, we have hundreds of charging stations right now. Um, yeah. And it's that's it's probably tripled in the last two years. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Wow. Good info, guys. Thank you all so much. We really do appreciate it. We're yeah, up at the end awesome. of our half hour, but I smell a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Thank you all so much for taking the time. We really do appreciate it. If you have any questions for Scott or John, let us know. Send me an email. And gentlemen, you have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Appreciate it. All right. Bye, take guys. care. All right. And there we got another. Are there any EVs on that, Ty? Nope. All right. Not on that, bad boy. Not on that one. All right. I'm going to end the meeting. Have a great day, everybody. And happy take holidays. Care. Thank All you right, so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank All you. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Cool. That's it. That's the end of our. Wow. That was that went really fast. And I, I think it's cool. We did learn. We learned together. There were some things there that I didn't know. The tires. The 12 volt. I see Chris in the live chat. Thank you so much, Daryl Hall, Hall Auto Transport, in the live chat. If you have a question, let me get my audio. Check, check, check. If you have a question or something to add, 
or you want to help continue this conversation, let me know. Send me an email, autotransportintel at gmail.com. You can always put it below in the comments. And uh, there's my microphone. Thank you so much. Um, happy holidays. We're pretty much wrapped up for the end of the year. I think we have a couple more shows here and there. It's already almost mid-December. Oh, actually, Tuesday night, as we as we wind down the end of the year, we're, Tuesday night we have McAllister's Transportation Group delivers more than cars, technology and analytics. So find out what McAllister's is all about. Uh, definitely connect with us. Ooh, Chris says not every charger is visible. Yeah, I, actually, that see, just that alone, thanks, Chris, that made me think about, I started thinking, are they all visible? Where are they? Man, there's a lot to this. There's so much to this. So I'm really glad we got to do this. Thank you, Scott Case. Thank you, John Combs. Thank you, live chat. Really do appreciate you. Everybody in the ecosystem, let us know how we can help you. It's ATI Auto Business. My name is Jay. Take care. I hope to see you Tuesday night. Thank you so much.